You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. And today uh, we're going to talk about being a girl mom. We talked about being a boy mom a few episodes ago. um, And we have some special guests with us today to kind of go into this subject. And y'all have heard the little poem. um, It's ancient now. What are little (laughs) girls made of? Made of. What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and everything nice. And that's what little girls are made of. Well, really? <laughs> we're here to find out. Yeah, we're today. Gonna talk about so who are we talking with today, Renee? Yeah, so um, Lori, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get to Amy. Sure. So I'm Lori Shea and I have three daughters. Um, one is 23, almost 24, one is 21, and one is 19. So had them close together. Um, and I am a speech therapist and I'm also the director of learning support services for a private Christian school in the area. Um, Great. And you, yeah, yeah and your girls are fabulous. We've, that's why we've invited both of you here. And, um, and yeah, you're on the back end. You've got some perspective now. Mm-hmm. And, and I work with teenage girls all uh, day long. That's great. Mm. Love it. Great. Love it. All right, Amy, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm Amy Sane. I am a mom of three girls also. I have one that's 22, one that's 18, and one that is 13. So I'm still in the throes of it. And um, I'm the children's minister at our church. Been there for going on almost 15 years. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Also a balloon artiste extraordinaire. Yes. (laughs) My side gig. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so we just want to like put it out there that we're going to speak in generalities today because obviously every child is different. Uh, there's a whole spectrum of what it means to be a girl or to be feminine. Um, you know, you can be a soccer star, you can be a ballerina, whatever. Right. So right. when we're just talking about our daughters, this is our own experience. Renee and I each have a daughter, just one, not three. And um, so we're not trying to stereotype every girl. No, there. we're not. But... Um, I've been doing some research and some writing on what does it mean to be male and female. And you do see there's actual um, biological differences in the brain of a girl versus the brain of a boy, not just the body of a girl and the body of a boy. And it makes a difference in how they respond to their world and how they take in information. And um, one of our things we talk about here a lot is you want to address your unique child. And so part of that is their, their gender. So... Let's get started and hear from you guys, which we didn't know this, that you guys talk every morning. Pretty much every, every morning. morning. On yep. the phone, parenting stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, life, kids. Life, all of it. This yep. is going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. I had you no idea. What you, what you bit off. <laughs> no idea. No idea what's coming your way. That's right. That's right. I'm a little afraid. So uh, let's start with words. The so girls are more verbal. They're, they're verbal earlier than boys and... Um, we, I mean, we're, we're all women. We have a lot of words we need to say. Yes, we do. Talk, talk about that, even from just like um, early childhood. What, what is that like raising girls? Um, I'll go ahead and start um, with that. So when you say a lot of words, that is very true for me. I am a talker. Um, I think my kids probably came out talking because I'm such a talker. They were hearing so much talking. Um, but to me, um, 
it's just so, so important. Communication just early on with my kids um, was a big deal. I feel like as they've grown, um, we've kind of kept that going all along. I know you've got some questions about that, but um, talking and communication is big, and I think it's super big. I, I mean, I don't have boys, but I definitely think it is with my girls. Just very, very, very important um, for us. So what about what about speech therapists? Yeah, speech therapists. Lori says that you are right on target. Um, definitely, girls speak earlier than boys. Um, their communication skills are more developed earlier. And with my girls being a speech therapist, they actually I did manual sign with them, so their communication wow. skills at about four to five months of age yeah. were already kicking in, and they could tell me their needs with more and all done. And and so um, for me. Being a speech therapist and being a mom, um, it's been really important communication. Not only verbal communication, but nonverbal communication as well. Your body language, your tone of voice, all of that comes into a huge piece for me. And, and having three daughters who are all extremely different, it's been a different journey with each one of them and their communication. Mm-hmm. Oh, so how has that changed? You know, you, you know about early childhood development and that kind of thing. Um, and they just nonstop talk. I don't know about yours in the back of the car. Oh my goodness. Mom, yep. like, mommy's ears your need, life. <laughs> mommy's ears need some quiet time. Just, just yeah. five minutes of quiet time. Yeah. And that was just with one girl. I can't imagine mm-hmm. three back there all at once. But um, then they get to 13, 14, and all of a sudden, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times the communication just screeching halt. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to talk to you at all. Mm-hmm. So have you found that to be... True in your families? 100%. And they are all different. I even found that, like, even inside of me, um, my middle one was not very active at all. And so in the toddler years and growing up, and even now, she is my quiet one. Mm. She's the one that would have been underneath my skirt in the 1800s. She does not really enjoy that time. Mm -hmm. So, um... That communication piece is hard because I have to draw everything out of her. But I have found with each one of the girls, um, it's their communication, especially as they get older, is all on their time. Mm-hmm. So I can't, as much as I want to force them to tell me what's going on, I can tell by their body language if something is going on, but I cannot force them to tell me the story. But I found that if I can get their feet moving or their hands moving, that their mouth is soon to follow. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Great. So, that's so we take walks. Yeah. And my middle one loves to cook. So if she is shut down and I can get in the kitchen with her and her hands are moving, then she, she will talk. Excellent. That's good. Oh, that's okay. It kind of yeah. takes the pressure off. Yeah. Of you know? There's your first gym. Yep. Ladies. <laughs> that's, that's good. That that's is, really I, wise. It is, it is really wise. Um, she has a lot of wisdom. This is why we talk every morning. <laughs> Um, I, I think for mine, um, so I would just say for my first, she's just as much of a talker as me. And so I have not had to, that talking and communication has been very steady all along, which I'm so very thankful for. But as we all know, as she said, they're all completely different. Um, so it really hasn't been until my uh, middle hit more her older teenage years, um, that I noticed that she was wanting her space. And I was so used to her sharing so much with me. And then all of a sudden there was a bit of a shutdown, not because anything wrong happened. I think she just didn't need me in it anymore. And so that's exactly right. And from birth, she was like that extremely independent, very strong willed and had her own mind. And so it just started 
rearing back up more in her older teenage years. So, um, but we've kind of come back around. I've been able to let go and, and mm-hmm. it's not because I think she was trying to be secretive. She just needed her space. Um, so thank goodness, but she will, she now comes around and I am more patient on allowing her to come back around and talk with me when she's ready to. So, um, which is great. Um, and for my youngest, um, She's 13, so she's, thank goodness, still likes to talk with me a lot, and we have a lot of fun, but um, I have noticed she's a bit more quiet at times, too, and doesn't want to use a lot of words with me, Um, but she does want to be with me. She doesn't necessarily always want to be talking with me, but she does want to be with me, so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Let me say, too, the other thing that Amy and I talk a lot about is um, there are times that we will never know the story on what's going on. and, and as the kids get older, you know, respecting those boundaries can be difficult because mm-hmm. whenever they're little, we are in everything. Controlling it all. We are controlling what they eat, mm-hmm. what they wear. Sometimes we had to institute um, my youngest daughter. Uh, uh, her Friday was her special day that she could choose whatever she wanted to wear because <laughs> it was a battle. But, you know, there are on those times whenever that communication is not happening the way I need for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's whenever I hit my knees and I mean, I will wrestle it out with the Lord and be like, okay, God, I know something is going on with this child. Um, if I'm supposed to know about it, because I think I'm supposed to know about everything, but sometimes God says no. (laughs) And so if I'm supposed to know about it, I need you to find a way to tell me. I need somebody else to tell me. I need you to allow me to find something or somebody just to, to, just to, away let me know what's going on every single time sometimes his answer is no and and things seem to get better but a lot of the times I find out eventually what's going on mm-hmm. but I have to wrestle it out with God yeah I mean I mean wrestle <laughs> yeah for sure yeah I think as moms um I know for mm-hmm. me the mother-daughter relationship I mean it's in literature and it's in movies and it's like the fundamental relationship right mm-hmm. um of development and it's because that's who you learn to be who you are yes. from is yeah. your female role model right um so what do you do when your daughter is not like you they're not supposed to be your clone they're supposed to be their you know their individual people um with their own struggles and journeys and you don't have to know every single mm-hmm. thing about their life mm-hmm. but um yeah like i was uh, I love to be outside, love to be in the dirt, love to ride horses and play in the garden and like totally anti-Barbie, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, God has a sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> because my daughter was a cheerleader and mm-hmm. she did not want to get dirty or sticky or any of those things despite mm-hmm. my best efforts. Mm-hmm. So it was a real um, process of letting go of what my idea of what my girl is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. How did you guys or did you find that in any of y'all? Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as, as women, I think most of us plan out our lives on what our lives, you know, when I grow up, this is what it's going to be like. I'm going to move to New York mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this. Well, God landed me in middle Tennessee. Um, but he also gave me three daughters and I planned to have two boys. Like that was my plan. <laughs> right. That fun? How'd that work out for you there? <laughs> it, worked out fan- it worked out just the way it was supposed yeah, to work out. Yeah. Every, every single one of them, God has brought to me for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest in particular, she and I, um, people that know me well say she's just like you. And I'm like, no, she's not. No, she's not. And she and I have had a really interesting journey. And 
we differ a lot in a lot of different ways. And um, I think sometimes as moms, we the minute these little creatures come out of us, we have this guilt, this innate guilt about, okay, I'm not doing everything right. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Am sure. I being a good enough mom? Am I feeding them what they're supposed to feed? You know, am I, is their sleep schedule good? And then do I, am I allowing them to hang out with the right people? We're always questioning and self-doubting. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important. Amy and I have this, this place where we can trust each other enough and wrestle enough with every morning with, you know, helping each other kind of get over some of that self-doubt. But with my youngest, um, especially in those early years, early teen years, you know, it was hard. I couldn't find a whole lot about her that I really liked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel guilty as a parent. Yes. I felt the same so way. So glad you said that. I, I really did. And I felt really bad about that until somebody, some wise person said, you know, you don't, you don't have to always like your children to still love them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But you have to find common ground with yeah. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, with with my youngest, um, we always we always giggle at each other now, and we're like, we need to like write a letter. But um, the Walking Dead saved our relationship. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> because I had to find something that she liked, yeah. and I mean, the girl loved her some Walking Dead, and so I was like can I watch that with you? She's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to watch it down here. She's like, and then I'm going upstairs. So upstairs. So like for the first season that we watched it, she was upstairs, I was downstairs. But it gave me some common ground. Like, oh my goodness, can you believe that that happened? And then by the second season, we were in the same room watching it. By the middle of the second season, we were on the same couch. And by like the Robert, third season, yeah. we were like under a blanket with, you know, like debating what was going to happen. We cried when everybody died. We're like, I mean, we we're having this bond. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to find common ground with something that, you know, who to thank of all the things? Who to the Walking Dead. God can use anything. Really he can use anything. He can redeem anything, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> so, Amy, are all your children just like you, all your um, daughters? They kind of are. I really haven't had a ton of major issues at all to where I feel like I've had to work really hard for our connection. Um, I just feel like. And I don't, I keep going back to the connection piece or the connection, the communication piece mm-hmm. is because I think I have talked my kids to death is all I can think. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm in their lives a lot and they're in mine and therefore, um, I think we've all been able to find things we like about one another. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I did have, I remember with my first one, when she hit junior high, I remember thinking, am I going to like her again? I remember asking that to my sister and she said, you will. And sure enough, I have, I adore her, but it, it, there was that development sure. and it was my first one I was yes. walking through with yeah, that. Yes, for um, sure. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, and you know, same yeah. thing with the second. I mean, as, as, as everyone's kind of stretching and their wings, I'm having to stretch too in a whole mm-hmm. different different way but um I think just the common ground was a big one for us but I mean I have three girls that are pretty girly um we love to dance we love to listen to music I mean and we do all that stuff all the time so I feel like we've had we have a lot of common ground I don't know how else to say it yeah and and sometimes I um when we say that they can't talk like I'm trying to think like with my middle um sometimes I have to because she does want to shut down sometimes on me I will sometimes have to say to her you know, I'm human also. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you don't want to share with me, but there's a piece of me that, out of respect, you can share with me. It doesn't mean you have to share everything mm-hmm. with me, but, you know, give me something. Mm-hmm. You know, because to me, there's a little bit of respect that comes back, I think, too. Sure. So, that's, yeah, that's a good anyway. thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
wait, I gotta tell this one story. It's my favorite story. So there was one time where Amy, Amy's, our families, you know, whenever the kids were younger, and, and even now we used to have what we call Shane nights, Shay and Sane. <laughs> and we called them Shane nights. And so the kids love it. I mean, they still, they're like, oh, can we they do Shane night? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, um, funny. so there was not too long ago that they had been out of town for a long time. And my husband and I went over to their house. Um, and Amy grabs my hand and takes me to the garage and sits me down in their golf cart and holds me captive for like over an hour. And she's just walking. She's getting all of her words out and she is walking and sharing. And like the next day at school, her daughter came to me and she goes, I'm so glad that you got my mom's words out (laughs) because I didn't have to listen to my mom's words. God bless my children. Okay, let's move to the topic of friends. So, um, how do you, I mean, girls are, are very social. I mean, we're, we are, but that's a universal strength. I mean, anthropologists will tell you, you know, women are, we're connectors, we're bridge builders, and I think we go about relationships in a, in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're guiding your, your girls to find good friends, how do you do that? How did you do that? Um, I'll speak. I'll speak first. We, we, we model it by having good friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is, Lori. There you There's go. There's the answer, there and I'm done. That's what we did too, didn't That's we? right. So, yeah, we talked every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think um, one of the big things, I will say when my kids were younger, I mean, I was friends with women that were like-minded like me. Thank goodness I was able to find those. And so those women were raising their girls very similarly to me. Mm-hmm. And therefore those friends, my friends, their kids became my daughter's friends, which was very simple. But when they hit school, um, it was a different ball game. I, 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 for us particularly, I was very blessed to be able to put my kids in an environment in a school that um, I felt like there were a lot of other like-minded parents like me also. And so I, it, that was very natural and easy. Um, the conversations that we had typically and still have to this day is looking for godly friends, girls that are making wise choices um, and trying not to be drawn to kids that are not um, necessarily. And then sometimes it's okay to be alone. It's hard to be alone, mm-hmm. but um, it's a hard know, one today. That's, that's a hard one good. today. That's mm-hmm. a very hard one today. But um, not saying I was dying for my kids to be alone, but I'd rather you, I used to say, I'd rather you sit alone than be involved in something that's wrong. I'd rather it's, that's a hard place, but this is even more difficult. Mm-hmm. There's more issues with that. But um, the godly friendship piece is the thing. And we talk a lot about it. Um, like I said, it's still that communication piece is the communication and talking about it um, and the involvement in our youth group. And we had a lot of kids in there in the youth group and most most all my kids, their friends are in the youth group. Um, not most all, all of them are, but they're, you know, they have, of course, school friends, but I would say their closest friends, for sure, my first and my second, their their closest friends are from the youth group, which I'm so so terribly thankful for. Um, so that, I would say. No, I don't think that's an inoculation, though, just to be clear, um, whether you're in a church group or a youth group or a Christian no. school or anything, you have plenty of mean girls. Oh, mm. for plenty sure. Plenty of clicks. Yep, plenty of um, tears and leaving me out mm-hmm. and yes. I, I didn't get invited and all those same things. Yes. Um, and that's, I don't know, it just seems more so than it did when I was growing up. Hey, and it's also on their phone. So they're seeing mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. they're missing oh, that they're and missing. not, and oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And that, that wreaks a hole because now you can have a 
you don't have a vision in your mind, you physically see it and you know that you're not a part of this and the fun that you've missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. That's very difficult. Yeah. Mm. So how do you, um, I think we had several talks about how to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. Um, because in our family we had, um, school and church, the different groups that you're normally in sports, whatever. And, um, you want to be a good leader and a good example and um, not be the one that just joins right in and all those kind of things. We had lots of conversations about right that kind of thing too. If you, if you want to be friends with this person, do they make you better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how are you acting after you've mm-hmm. spent a little time with them, yeah. which is uh, like red flag number one. Right. <laughs> you can yeah. usually always tell, yes, you, you can. know, y'all yeah. have been together a little too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not really bringing out the best in you. I mean, yeah. I've said this in another podcast, we put the pause on on friendship for each of our children just because they weren't morally mature enough to handle it at the time. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being okay. Like, they just needed a little more life under their belt to make the right choices when they're with that person. And just kind of out of silliness or immaturity, it was just spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. And they would, they would just forget everything you mm-hmm. <laughs> ever taught them. It's so easy. So, Women yeah. especially, I think, have this need to be want to be liked, want to be yeah. included, want to be part of the friend group, want to, you know, so it's so easy to get drawn into cattiness or it is. nasty, just yes. mean, just yes. downright mean Absolutely. is what it is. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in the throes of that with my 13 year old. Um, so I'm in some days I feel like I've done a really good job of it. And other days I think I failed miserably on how I've addressed certain issues with her or people that she's around or her actions Same. that I want to step in and control. And yep. I can't, mm-hmm. um, I, I will say this. I don't turn a blind eye to it. And I'm, I guess I'm going to say communication again. I do just continually talk with her about it. Are you recognizing this? Do you see this? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think this is the best thing. Do you think this person is you know, good for you to be around. I understand why you are attracted to this person or whatever. And when you're in school, I know you're saying you put a pause on it. You know, when you're in school all day with people, I can't put a pause on those friendships. They're in those friendships and they're going to be around them. So just making sure if anything that she's hearing the words like, I hope you're deciphering as you're with this kid and what they're saying and doing that you realize this isn't, this really isn't good Mm -hmm. for you to be around. And so, um, that's why I say I feel like I talk a lot with her about it. Like I said, I don't know if I always do a beautiful job of it, but anyway, it, it is hard. It is hard to navigate. I think that's one of the hardest. Those roads. It for sure is. And mama bear comes out. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, you just, you do. And we have talked a lot about um, praying for those people mm-hmm. um, that have really, you feel very, very slighted by it. Um, and that is not an easy thing to do, but that is a beautiful thing to teach your child. Um, and I'm having to do it alongside them because mm-hmm. usually I'm upset with that child. Yeah, because you're messing so, with your kids. That's right. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lori? Friendships. I think timing when we have the conversations is so important with girls, especially because we are so emotional and so highly charged. And we can go from being happy to angry to sad in a seconds. matter of seconds. <laughs> right? So I think for me, one of the things that was the hardest to learn and the hardest to do with my girls is trying to be... Um, trying to decide when was an appropriate time for me to address that with my daughter. Especially when I would see my daughter or one of my daughters being the mean girl or being the busy bee that's going around and delivering all of the information to all the other girls or 
or the girl that's getting walked on all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so when they're in the throes of, of that hurt, whether it's because they've caused it or because it's been heaped upon them, I found it wise for me not to get in and say, well, if you would just would have done this, mm-hmm. or maybe you could have handled that differently, mm-hmm. because then they feel it even more attacked. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I have to wait. I find it goes a whole lot better if I can just pause and wait until they're not as emotionally charged or upset about it and just listen, which is not in my nature no. as a speech therapist. <laughs> I want to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I really have to literally bite my tongue to just listen. And my daughters call me on the carpet on that, and they're like, I just need you to listen to me. I don't want to hear what you think about it. I just need you to listen. Or they're, The other thing I, I sometimes will have them do, especially when we're walking through friendships, is... Um, for them to journal and write down if okay write a letter to that friend if they have hurt you and you feel a certain way then I need you to write that down everything that you want to get off your chest about that friend and then leave it and then go back and decide okay what what part of those feelings do you still have and do you feel like are important enough to address address with your friend um, and then how to do that That's in really a kind great. way that is a great, a great thing idea. yeah because I think in today it's so easy to send that text for sure and to send it to five other people first to get everybody on board and then talk to the person if you do. So that pause button of writing it down and waiting five minutes or half an hour is Or or wait till you don't send that picture of me that you have that's really ugly of them. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't Instagram that. Do you know what I mean? Let's pause on that because that's literally, I see that all the time. Um, if in my job, the girl, someone's made somebody mad. Well, I mean, the picture that they post with them is awful. <laughs> you know, and it's just a flash pan reaction, but then they regret it. So I had, okay, I got, we got a pass on that. I mean, because it was social media. Again, my kids are just a little bit older, and we wouldn't, hmm. I think I didn't let them have it for a while. And then, again, we homeschool. Our circle was smaller. So we, we now we certainly got left out. That was like the big, the big thing. Just, and not, honestly, I really don't think intentionally. It's just a nature of the beast, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, you could you could get on and see that they were that they weren't at all the places and and whatnot. But the posting bad pictures of people <gasps> that's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> Vicious. Like, there's there's a, oh. with the live Instagram where you're videoing and I mean people can hear yes. anything you're saying. They can get in. There's all kinds of so things. So the stakes are yeah. really high on that. It's Snapchat really oh. disappears yes. so they really can't get in trouble and then if you snapshot it they can see. I mean you know there's oh, all of course. The stuff. Yeah of course and then you try to get a job eight years later. And they you know, know how to get around all that. They sure do. And it's easy to sit here and think because um, if I think if I was a younger mom right now and I'm hearing this mm-hmm. I would think well then just don't give them the phone. They don't mm-hmm. need it. I mean Oh, I get it. Wait till you walk that road, because then all of a sudden you're. I mean, mine had the the latest, the the um, not the latest model. What am I trying to say? The oldest model yeah. of the phone <laughs> when I gave it to her, and she had the phone, but it wasn't. Everyone else had the newest model, and all of a sudden she still felt left out. Mm-hmm. That, there's a there's a sense there's something about that connectivity mm-hmm. that that helps mm-hmm. those kids. Helps or hurts, however you want to say it. It is, though. It just is. It It is. And so just when you think, I'll never do that, watch it. Because you you will. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of making sure you have those boundaries with those kids. Just I know we're not talking about the phone, but... Well, we're we're about to get there. And social media, too, because it's so important. I mean, relationship to technology. So I tutor a couple of young men. And um, 
I was talking to them about boundaries with their phone and I was like, is it, is it hard for you to have boundaries with your phone? And they're like, no, like we're able to put our phones down at night and you know, we don't, we're not allowed to have them in our bedrooms and we're not on them all day long. But they were like, all our friends who are girls, Mm, they're the ones who have a problem with the phone. I said, really? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, they're on it all the time. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about navigating that because you just, it's a great segue. Like we, we have phones, they're, they exist. Yes, they're here. And like how much is too much? How do you even regulate that? Can you not? What, what apps do you allow them to have? You know, I mean, we checked our kids' phones and found some apps on there. We're like, um, yeah. mm-hmm. what is happening here? Right. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is being deleted. <laughs> I would say that was, that was our number one battle. Oh. And like you said, not with our son, but with our daughter. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. would have to, I would have to say that's probably, you want to speak to that? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say that we decided we weren't eligible we're to talk about this. <laughs> because... Honestly, it is, um, and I, I, I feel a sense of guilt also, even in the role as a children's minister, that you would think that I would have this totally understood and like, this is how we slay this, this is easy, and navigate it. Um, and I've got some younger parents that actually I think are doing a good job with it for right now, um, which I hope they continue, but... You know, I every, wish you could see their like, faces. It's like in anything... <laughs> I mean, every one of your kids are different. So I think um, for my two older ones, um, they have a self-control about them that I think they've done a good job of controlling themselves. They probably would say, yeah, I'm on it, probably maybe a little too much. But like if there's something that comes across the screen, I'll sling off. I know like my oldest, she will not Snapchat anyone she does not know. Um, and is, and even if she kind of somewhat knows them, mm-mm. it's only people she's very close to. I think I think my middle's the same way. Um, she's actually even bored with that one. But uh, it's it, so they I think have been able to navigate those waters pretty well. But we're talking about twenty two and eighteen. Talking about my thirteen year old on the other hand, no, she does not have Snapchat. I just let her have Instagram. That was her gift for her thirteenth birthday. And I mean to this day, I'll say to myself. The best decision on that. Um, I don't know, and she does love being on it. Um, she is a group of friends, and I love them all. Um, but when we are together or they're together, they are all on their phone in the same room together. I know. And, I, and I and I have I have really like, do I say, hey, when y'all come in, put your phones down, and so y'all can talk with one another. But I'm not going to be that mom because I think I think my child will never want to invite a friend over again, and I don't want that. So. Yeah. Um, I, they, this is a hard, it's just a hard battle. It's a hard one to, to walk through. The only other thing I would say is for apps, um, they have to ask permission. Now, my two older's not anymore. I mean, they're, sure. they're at the point where they've got to be yeah. able to, to, to deal with that. But my youngest has, we and we get to look the app over before she gets to put it on her phone. Like, we get to approve yeah. it. That's at least one nice thing. You can also navigate their hours on the phone yeah. yes. and, and do that. And um, my youngest and I have discussed doing that just Two weekends ago, and I've yet to institute it. I need to. How did she respond? Just out of curiosity. I didn't tell her. I we actually had the conversation. It was in the car, so we weren't face to face. And I just said, you know, I feel like one of our biggest battles every day is the phone, and I'd like to take that off the table. And um, what you tell me, what you think is a good that's great boundary. Yeah. And she did. She gave me a good one, and um, I would have preferred for it to be a little less. She had a. 
quite a few hours that she thought she should be on the phone. <laughs> but I understood it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, maybe, um, I was like, what do you think about this? She was a little annoyed by the hours that I was saying. And I'm not even saying an hour. It was hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and know. I was still okay with. And um, and she, she wasn't real happy with that. I said, well, maybe we can come up with a, a kind of a happy medium with it. And she was okay with that. Yeah, I think um, that's so, a, such a great example. So it is. But oh, I've yet so to wise. implement it. I need to implement <laughs> it. This is my conviction. <laughs> Yes, this is my conviction. That's right. Yeah. We'll let you know when we're airing this so you can have it (laughs) done before then. Yeah, like they do in the house hunter thing. It's like, so three months later. Oh, yes. No, but this just goes back to the the mother thing where you're just like, do I, did I do that right? Didn't I do it right? I mean, yeah. And everybody, like you said, every child is different. Yes. One size does not fit all. That's correct. So, So, and so. But you can't be naive about it. No. You got to be smart about it. I think that that is so important mm-hmm. because I think it's honestly it's easier to turn a blind eye. Yes, yeah. it's easier for me as a parent. It's easier, and there's some days where I'm just exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, and I just have to take a breath and take some self-preservation time mm-hmm. before I can effectively deal with a situation mm-hmm. like that. Um, and the other thing too, you know, with our kids, with our I think both of us with our olders, there was a generational gap that yes, occurred within about a three-year period. Mm-hmm. And so my youngest, being 19, was the first line of kids that really didn't know life without a cell phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. My other two, they, I mean, my, we didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone until Alex was like, I don't know, mm-hmm. fourth grade? Mm-hmm. I mean, you right. know, so right. they were just learning. Um, and then I think you said something key about the, our kids' personalities. Um, my middle daughter... She is a very, she's an athlete, and she's very disciplined in everything she does. So um, she kind of drives us crazy sometimes because she'll take herself off social media. And we're like, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you're missing all of these things that we're, we're telling, you know. And she's like, I, I was spending too much time on social media. I had to remove myself. <laughs> Yay, Madison. I love it. Oh. <laughs> We're like, oi, okay. And then we all roll our eyes and go, okay, Maddie. <laughs> I can't speak to that. I haven't had that experience. No, me neither. And my others are like, yeah, we got you, Tom. Don't worry about yeah. it. We're making up for it. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to always make it a bad, bad thing. I mean, there's some fun about yes, of it. Course, I, of I mean, course, my, yeah. when my 13-year-old posts... I like seeing what she posts. You know, there's some neat things that they put out there too. And I feel like I've gotten to know some of their friends in a way that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, some good, some bad, but yet at the same time, I think there's, so I mean, I've, rather than just make it all so negative, right. um, that that's another. I was going to say one more thing because you were saying about the moms um, or like growing up with it. Our, our, the way we model it, I think also has a lot to be said about it. So yeah. as younger moms are listening to this, who that is all they're used to, they're going to have even, I think, a bigger battle yep. because mm-hmm. it's, I think it's just going to be all the more disjointed yeah, if they don't get a, what a we hold do. of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm, I, um, I have a group of younger moms that I work with and we have a group text that we text on almost every day. Oh, yeah. And I'm so proud of them when it's like hours before they reply because I'm like, I know they're dealing with their children and yeah. they, they don't have it just like right there, instant response that's every very time. Good. I'm yeah. like, that's good. That tells me that they're not always instantly available. Right. Because I think it's probably a big distraction. You go to yeah. playgrounds because we'll go do play dates. I'll go with them. Like, hey, I want to I be part of your life too. So we'll go hang out at the playground and you see other parents. It's like, 
on their, on phones. their phone and they're not like interacting Engaged. with their children. Right. They're not looking, you know, it's a scary thing. And yeah. some of that is just, a, okay, I need five minutes. Like you said, Lori, I need just, just give me five minutes just yeah. to tune out for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't know how long they've been on their phone. Right. So not right. to judge, but absolutely. But yeah, I, I've seen that too mm-hmm. with elderly people. As well, oh which my is goodness, so sad, yes. makes me very angry. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> mm-hmm. younger kids are just completely with their granddad on a date, and they're just not even speaking to him. Oh, yeah. So that drives me nuts. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's segue into a different subject. Let's go to something we're That's when it makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's a difference, obviously, in how our daughters are going to relate to us as moms and how they relate to dad mm-hmm. in the in the family and your poor husbands. Your poor husbands! Our <laughs> lucky men. Yeah. Yeah. They love each I other. Love- <laughs> <laughs> I've often said, we have this as our, our running joke, if Robert ever leaves me, he left me for Drew. It's not, it's no not, for, it's no not for another woman. Trust me. It is for Drew. They love each other. It's hilarious. So yes, our yeah. lucky husbands. Yes. So um, a lot of times, especially at the ages that we're talking about, you get a lot of high conflict between moms and daughters because it's that developmental, hey, I need to push away a little mm-hmm. bit. And they, um, not that they try to divide and conquer, but then sometimes they're closer to dad because mm-hmm. um, dads are different. Dads go out and, you know, mm-hmm. they're other kind of things. So, um, and that's, of course, usually happening when you're premenopause and they're PMSing. And so, <laughs> it's like, have to talk about premenopause. <laughs> Horrible oh, pastor. It's just what it is, Amy. Have you ever been hot flushed? Listen, you hot flushed. Yeah. Truth bomb. Oh, goodness. So, I don't know. Just how did you or how do you, maybe you all have great relationships with your daughters and your your husbands do too, but um, like how, did, how does that differ? How's for your husbands? We love it. Both of us. This is one area that we agree with 110%. We love it when our husbands step in. Um, It, number one, they model for our our daughters um, a positive relationship or a negative relationship for that matter um, with a man. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there are some times where it is best for my husband to step in. Amen. Um, he can handle it a, much differently than I can, and they just need a fresh face. Yes. And it relieves some of the pressure off me as a parent who, mm-hmm. you know, is always trying to... Control it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knows me well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, I, I love it. I, I do, both too. Both of us do. Mm-hmm. I, I feel exactly the same way. Um I've never not liked Robert being super involved or my girls wanted to go to Robert first. I would prefer that a lot of times. And he, I think, is so much more level-headed and has a, he has more of a um, perspective yeah. than I do. Yeah. Um, I have all the emotions and the feels and yeah. all the all the words. And they, um, he, on the other hand, is like very, very just um, pragmatic with them. And I think they like that sometimes mm-hmm. rather than me giving them all the information. And so I think that's a good thing. And I'm... I, I would never, ever hate that they were... I mean, if they were like, I just want to spend the day with Dad, good. <laughs> Go have a great day with Dad. So, but we've yes. been really blessed, um, both of us. Um, and, I mean, this... I'm just saying for moms um, of girls, are both of our husbands are really good girl dads mm-hmm. um they will cuddle i mean i've been in Lori's house many times and her i will walk in and drew's on the couch and the girls are all cuddled with drew on the couch same thing with mine i mean he's yeah. done a really beautiful job of finding things that they have common things that they want to do i mean him and um my middle kindle love to watch this is us i don't care for the show this is us i think that's 
very feely manipulate they manipulate mm-hmm. your feelings mm-hmm. but they'll sit there and cry just the both of them <laughs> I will not but they will and it's just sweet I'm so I'm very I'm very thankful for it I yeah. would never begrudge my husband that at but all but did they do girls. their hair when they were younger well Robert did you know I was a children's minister so in the mornings he would do their hair on Sunday mornings or bring the brush to church <laughs> or bring it to church and have me fix yeah. their hair <laughs> They were really intentional too. Like something that the, the guys did is every Christmas Eve, they would take the girls um, for the day and let Amy and I just get our stuff done. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Are you yes. listening, Dad? Yes. Yeah. Wives, make your husbands <laughs> listen to this portion. Like, that was really good. That's yep. beautiful. Yep. Yeah. They were lucky. Oh, so, and our, so dad's found another dad. Yep. To, Absolutely. To do it with, yeah. to do life with. It's been really, really good. Oh. And both our husbands are, are into sports mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um, for for me, with, with Drew being the director of sports medicine, um, you know, he was, he's at a field, a court all the time. So when the kids were younger, when I needed a break, I was like, Okay, you're going to take them to the soccer field today. I mean, Maddie learned how to walk literally on a soccer field. Mackenzie on a basketball court, you know. So my kids, that's what they knew growing up. Um, but that was their time with their daddy, mm-hmm. you know. And they were moving and talking. Yes. And um, they would have, you know, daddy-daughter dates. Uh, when we were in Baton Rouge, every Saturday they'd go get beignets at um, Cafe Olay's, you know. And they love, love, love that. Mm-hmm. Those are good. That's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I loved it because I could like rest for five seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think you do. Yeah, really he would do. Fast. Yeah, they did little dates on the weekends, donuts and things like that. And then as she got older, yeah, he would try to date her, and so she would know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm, it's been nice. Um, my oldest, who's in college, um, she she will say, um, especially when she was, you know, she wasn't dating anybody and all. She would say, it's so hard to find anyone like you, Dad. Like that's mm-hmm. what she was wanting. Um, which is so like what a compliment. Aww. Yeah, it mm-hmm. tore Robert up. I mean, he just the thought that he would he had actually done that, you yeah. know. Not meaning that that's what he was trying to train them to find someone just like him, but um but that don't they settle for less. That, that yeah. they thought yeah. that that highly of yeah. him that mm-hmm. meant the world to him. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very a great, special. It's a great power that dads have yes. with daughters. And when um yeah, you you only know what you know and mm-hmm. you go to college, you go out in the big wide world mm-hmm. and you meet women who have not been loved well. Yes. It's such a deep hurt. It seems almost insurmountable. I mean, I know God can do anything and heal up anything, but it is so primal. Yes. When dads um one hundred percent drop the ball. Drop the ball with their yeah. daughters. Yeah. That and in the since, like I said, um, Delaney going to school, um, she has called, and we've had those exact conversations of like, "Wow, my life was good. Y'all done a good job." And and her dad was a big piece of all that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Robert and Drew. Yes. And, round of applause. And yeah. Bob and David. Oh, I think they've all done so a great right. job. That's beautiful. They're such Lord, a great job. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, it's twenty twenty one. We've all been or currently are working moms in some capacity. Um, no, I don't think there's anything. If you're a mom, you're working, period. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're in or out of the home. Um, so you've, we've got lots of choices, um, lots of options, lots of equality. And since I've been raising my daughter and y'all have been raising yours, um, girl power, you know, the concept of that has been a real thing, of strong female role models and that sort of thing. You can be an astronaut or an athlete or a teacher, we all want opportunities. So 
Have you talked about what it means to be a modern female in 2021 with your girls? And does Christian worldview have anything to do with it? What if they came to you and said, "Hey, I just want to be a yeah. wife and mom." Is that that cool with you? Since you all have careers, and I'm, I'm I'll speak to it. <laughs> go, Amy. Go. So for me, um, yes, my girls can be wife and mom all day long, but um, I am very I'm very convicted for the fact that my girls I want them to go to college, get a degree know that they can stand on their own two feet no matter what. Um, no one knows what life has to hold for you. Um, I mean, you would love to think that the man you're going to marry is going to be your Prince Charming for the rest of your life, but that doesn't always hold true. And I want my girls to be able to be able to stand on their own two feet. Um, I mean, you just don't know what's coming your way. And so to me, them getting their degree is a big deal. Um, and not just any degree, but something that's going to allow them to have a good living. And I don't mean they have to make a fortune. I just want them to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, that to be said, if they go and get their degree and then say, I just want to be a mom and stay at home, good for you. And if you're allowed to and your husband can make that money and you can, y'all can support girl, take full advantage of it and do it. If, if I could be a stay-at-home mom full-time, I mean, I, 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 I know when I did stay home uh, full-time, I loved it. As we say all the time, stay home, Amy, stay home, love Lori. Her. We love were her. awesome. I know. I mean, it's like, it's fun, but, um, if you can do that, I would wholeheartedly do it. To me, that's the biggest job. I mean, what a blessing. And I, I don't think we should take that lightly at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, seen that firsthand in my job as a children's minister, but um, you can't always control that. But at the same time, um, yes, I, I want my girls to get their jobs and be able to stand on their own two, own two feet. Um, and yet I'm all about them being mamas and good wives. Like I, I kudo them. There's so many sure. hats. What about you, Lori? Same? Different? Um, same. I mean, absolutely. Um, the one thing that I've talked a lot with my girls about is um, – if you want to have a family and you want to have children, it's wise to choose a career that gives you the flexibility to do so. Yes. I'm eternally grateful that I chose a career as a speech therapist that would allow me to be on my kids' schedule if they needed to be. I could work part-time. I can find a job anywhere, in a mm -hmm. hospital, in a school, whatever. Um, so in planning that and talking about that with my kids, I said, you know, do what makes you happy as far as a career goes but try to find something that will allow you to be a mom and have a career. So let's see, Alexandra is getting her PhD in occupational therapy, which allows her to do that. Madison's graduating with a degree in dietetics, which allows her to do that. And Mackenzie just got accepted into nursing school. So oh, wow, all of great. them have been able to choose yeah. careers that I think will give them flexibility mm -hmm. if they choose to have children. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but more than anything, we've talked about how whatever you're doing making sure that that honors God and bringing in that, that worldview. And, you know, they never know in your jobs how God is going to place you in situations. Um, Maddie is working um, at a hospital in Nashville um, in the dietetics field, and she encountered a friend of ours um, who she went to go take a meal. It was the very last meal, and she was exhausted and didn't want to do it and got there, and it was one of our elders who had just had heart surgery and so it was his wife and she saw her and started and you know the woman started crying and said I I haven't seen a face because of course it's COVID nobody can visit you're the first face I've seen and Maddie was able to pray with her and I just said you know God's going to use you if you allow him to in any job that you have mm -hmm. so 
It's good. Do you okay? So I I think I'm the only one that has one that's gotten her degree in having a child. <laughs> right so, away. I mean, yeah. So I right away. I um yeah. told her all the things you're saying. Right. I mean, I told her all the same things, and I told her. Education always makes you a better fill-in-the-blank. Makes you a better wife. Mm-hmm. Education makes you a better daughter, a better friend. It, it Education improves you personally. And right. you can take that to any place That's right. God has you. And yet, <laughs> when she got pregnant, and she's like, okay, I'm going to stay home with this baby. She had all these doubts. Like, have I wasted? Did I waste, mm-hmm. you know, my, my education? Am I wasting my education? When we explicitly said you are not wasting right. your education. Right. So um, I heard a podcast. It was a strong woman podcast, and they interviewed this um, PhD economist woman who had written a book about this called Love and Economics. And I just sent it to her. I was like, this is a really interesting interview. And she said the same thing in the podcast that, I, that you guys just said, uh-huh. that I had just said. And she texted me later and said, oh, my goodness. She just said everything you've been telling me, and I believe it. <laughs> she didn't hear it from somebody else. She heard it from somebody else. For sure. For I, was, sure. I was like, I told you this all along. She said, I know, but I just needed to um, I needed to hear it from another Affirmation angle. from so somebody else. I guess I, I'm saying that story to say we can tell them all these things, yes. and you can plant those seeds. You just gotta plan them. You just and then and then you gotta let them be and mm-hmm. and just let them experience what they experience. Um, yeah. But they'll get it. They They'll will get, get it. it. And both you and I, Amy, both of us stayed home. I mean, I stayed home until Alexandra was in second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved here. And I was able to work part-time. But, I mean, I would never for a minute take back the, you know, six years I took never. off of work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I told to Emma, I would have think I would have been a better mom because um, I don't love the baby stage. It's the only stage I really didn't love. And so um, I think I would have been a happier, better mom if I had just, like, one day. Yeah. To go do something that was not mom work. Yeah, Lori and I talked about that the other day because mm-hmm. I was I was saying I think um, I like to be busy with other things also, and so um, I, when I stayed home, I did love staying home, but I found myself trying to keep myself busy with other things, mm-hmm. and um, if I had just a tiny little side gig or something, yes. that probably would have been just enough to feed mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. just me, not mom, but me, and I needed that. I my personality needed that. Yeah, I think that, I think a lot of women need that. I mean, right. I'm I'm so opposite of you. I'm so introverted. And, and I just, I felt like I was losing myself. Um, that's a transition for me working full time and then going into stay at home mom. (laughs) I can remember talking to Alexandra going, mom, this, and I'm looking behind me going, where's my mom? Like, Oh wait, I'm the mom. Hold on a minute. And it was real. I mean, Alec had her on a schedule and I mean, just like I was at work and I had to like really pull back and relax a little bit. Maybe that's why she's OCD. Put it in the therapy. Yeah, it is a big transition. And so yeah, definitely tell your your girls this, moms, if you're listening. Just know that it's a it's just a layer layer that message mm-hmm. and know it's not gonna sink completely in. You're still gonna question yourself because it's just such thankless, isolating work. It is. For a long time. Those early for years. Long, it's just thankless, time. isolating right. work. And you're like I felt like I could like since my brain cells dying one by one, <laughs> like sitting there doing tea party, the thousandth tea party I've done. And oh so, goodness. Oh, I love the tea parties. <laughs> I was like outside with the tea parties. I was, we were like cutting out sandwiches. 
under the magnolia tree. I will have to say, though, when I did go back to work, I remember feeling some pretty good guilt mm-hmm. about going back to work. Um, like, I all of a sudden was, like, almost throwing my kids to the side. But uh, there are also blessings in that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank goodness we had, I had, you know, my kids, the two older ones were um, in school and I became pregnant with Addison after I went back to full-time work, not in my plan, but God's plan. But, um, and luckily my parents were able to watch her, but I said that to say, my girls became a lot more independent when I did go back to work. Um, and there was something nice about that. Um, and seeing them like they know how to get themselves ready. Not that when I stayed home, they couldn't get themselves ready, but it was just a different ball game. And so there are blessings in that. Sure. I always think moms are good about raking themselves over the coals no matter what. Yeah. But where do I find the yes. good in that? That was a good yeah, to that's me. Good. So. Yeah, good, good point. It's true. It's true. Good point. Um, so I think, oh gosh, for me, all through, I didn't notice it so much when I was growing up, but I know that it was out there and I know I was affected by it. But when my daughter came along, it was like all of a sudden, every magazine cover, every show on TV, every, it was just like, um, I became hyper aware of all the crud that's out there telling girls who and how to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's constant, like constant, never ending. Um, you know, and you have to, you can have an opinion, but you have to be nice, especially in the South. It's, it was a real struggle in the South. Um, you know, be nice and don't talk too loud and don't be too aggressive or too pushy, but, you know, be a leader. It, it's, which, what in the world are you supposed to do with all that? Um, you know, be athletic if you want to be, but then you better know how to walk in heels and you better be sexy. And so what do you do with all that? How do you tell your girls, how do you battle that? You're just swimming in it upstream 24-7. <laughs> Lori had some raised eyebrows about when you were describing this. <laughs> Did we strike a nerve? <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, like I said, I deal with teenage girls all yeah. day long. Um, and even starting, I do a Bible study with fifth grade girls twice a week. And um, the body shaming that they talk about in the fifth grade is it just breaks your heart. Um, we body, I think another thing. We have to be careful as moms how we body shame ourselves yeah. because I, I am hugely guilty of that, especially as I do hit that menopausal stage. <laughs> <laughs> Things just fall where they, they didn't do, fall before. They? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And our bodies just change. And I think that that's hard for us. Mm-hmm. And so my children have actually called me on the carpet recently for that. And um, that... You know, when they get older, that kind of hurts and stings a little bit when your kids start to call you on the carpet. Mm -hmm. But I think as moms, we do have to pause and remember that we are modeling for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they hear us constantly talking about how fat we are, how I can't fit in this or whatever, they're going to start to question themselves. And it's going to make them feel guilty. Am I going to look like that when I get her age? And I don't want to look like that when I get her age. So I'm going to start limiting how I eat now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our society has so many things between intermittent fasting and keto and whole 30 and <laughs> things that are, 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 have their place, but to a 14 year old, 15 year old, 16 year old who doesn't have the frontal lobe capacity to really understand and break all that down, um, they're going to use it inappropriately and it's going to then stunt their growth and it's going to, you know, but kids it's body shaming. Even like the big thing nowadays is hair on their arms. 
I the, the boys are making fun of me for the hair on my arms. I'm gonna. So I've got girls that are shaving their arms. <sighs> right now, I wish you could see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> and Bonnie's faces because they're like, like my mouth's gaping open. Never heard of that. <laughs> it's it's and it's and, and so much of it I think goes back to the social media piece mm-hmm. and what they see um, online. Um, I have kids that will hire people to come and do Instagram photo shoots so that they have a series of pictures that are <gasps> Insta worthy for them to post because they don't want to be body shamed by um, by their peers. So. It, it really, truly is, whether your kids are talking about it or not... It's happening. It's happening, and mm. it's vicious, and it's ingrained in them. So how do you combat that? Boy, that's... A, I don't know. I, I'm just going to give that up. Talking, I don't know. Communication. I was just about to say, I think oh, Amy and her words. is a yeah, big, big <laughs> sure. deal. Yeah. Um, and we, my girls and I have talked about that. Um, we actually talked about the body shaming just the other day. Um but I do think the communication is just a huge, huge deal. And um, I, my girls love to um, follow like influencers. Yes. And um, and and I, I do too. I actually follow quite a few of the ones that they follow because it's kind of fun that we have, you know we talk about these different ones. But lots of times I'll say, you realize that's just so fake what they just did. I mean, it's so unreal what they're posting. And you know, the the good thing is is they do realize it. Um, so which is I'm thankful for. But I think it has a lot to do because we do talk so much about it. Um, I don't just like we don't like. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Aren't they mm-hmm. wonderful? I don't build it up. It's more just like that's very interesting. It's and, almost like translating it for them. Yes, as not maybe your twenty three year old. Yes, but you know, yeah. as you know, that's not teens, real, right? Yeah. Yes. Let's t- let's break this apart. Sort of like when you like I'm I'm notorious for being so anti Disney. There's so many so much garbage. Right. But but I'm not for isolating yourself from all that because you, I believe you're going to live in the world. Yes. So the next best thing to not watching it at all is to watch it and pick out the gems. Okay, what's the good message here? That's you correct. know, like how does Elsa actually sacrifice for people? Mm-hmm. And then let's don't memorize the song about no boundaries and no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let's actually go and internalize that message. <laughs> but let's um let's get what we can from it. It's sort of like that with you're making me think of that with Instagram or any other mm-hmm. kind of app mm-hmm. that they Absolutely. have. It's like let's let's translate this. Mm-hmm. It's like a foreign language. Let's translate it for you. Right. Walk, walk, like walk it through. I tried to do that with Bachelor, and I my translation oh. was so scathing. Oh, yeah, I'm not watching it anymore. I, had, um, I just couldn't it. say yes. it was like you and The Walking Dead, but for the first season, like we were in separate rooms because I couldn't. <laughs> she could not bear the things that I was saying. The but sighing I and the, and yeah, the, the rolling in the eyes and the oh my goodness, this is the most ridiculous scripted thing I've ever seen. So maybe I'm not just like just. Picking it apart or getting the messages gently enough. Maybe right. that was my mm-hmm. issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But it, I mean, you can't, it's naive mm. to think they're not going to use it. That's right. That and is so right. you, so you have to get in there with them and like you Help said, them navigate. Yeah, that's right. Walk I mean, otherwise you're throwing them to the wolves. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety and the depression, like, is just massive. And then, I, you know, if that's all they're doing, that's one thing. But if you're communicating and saying, you know, you know that beauty that you're seeing, I mean, like when you watch it, do they seem that beautiful or 
do you see inner beauty coming out of them? You know, I, we talk a lot about inner beauty and outer beauty. Um, my girls are beautiful. I mean, yeah. I look at them, they're beautiful. Your girls are beautiful. Um, but that really when I see them the most beautiful is when yeah. you see that inner beauty. And I'll even, I'll point out people yes. in our life in general that we're like, you know, that one girl that's so pretty. I mean, we know she's beautiful. You can't help but look at her and say she's beautiful. But she's her character's really not that great of a character, mm-hmm. and I hate to dog somebody. But at the same time, it's I do want to point out that to him. Say so Absolutely. that inner beauty isn't as beautiful as we think she is, and as perfect as we think that life is. That inner beauty coming out of her just isn't all that beautiful, is it? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely pointed out because um, I think it's important to communicate. And same thing for some that you don't think they maybe seem as stunningly striking outside, but goodness, they're the most beautiful inward people Mm -hmm. that you can't help but see their beauty. So we do a lot of talking like that. I mean, seriously, I do. This is another uh, role or or place where I think dads can just be fierce, front and center. For sure. Um, And if the dad, the male presence in the daughter's life is Mm -hmm. saying to the, telling them, not just that they're beautiful, because really beauty is not something you can control mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. but the things that they are, you're, you're smart, you're, oh my goodness, Capable. you work so hard yeah. at that, mm-hmm. and you were so kind, and the things that you have control over, and, mm-hmm. and I love that about you. I, I love, love that about you. That <laughs> yeah. When you display these characters, you know, um, coming from dad. It's mm-hmm. big. It's big it's almost. Oh, yeah. For sure. There's a study called The Me I Want to Be. And um, it's interesting when you pause and ask a teenage girl, who do you want to be? A lot of them will look at you and say, I have no idea who I want to be. And so, you know, that's kind of a conversation that I've always had with my girls. Tell me the person that you want to be. Do you want to be, you know, the girl that's known for this or do you want to be the girl that's known for that? Um, And those are hard questions and sometimes you don't get um, immediate answers. but I think, again, you, you just keep that, those lines of communication yeah. open. And, and also just letting them know, hey, when you're not the girl you want to be, let's, let's walk It doesn't that. define mm-hmm. you. It doesn't define who you How are. How you change that. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just watching a, um, a, I guess it was kind of some sort of inspirational self-help kind of video. And it was an exercise that what you're talking about. They had college students go through this. And like, who do you want to be in three to five years? Because mm-hmm. like, you're going to be in college about four, five years. And they had, they said, you know, detailed goals, they had pointed questions they had to answer and um, they wrote it down and they said, actually the um, dropout rate was curbed by 25% by doing this exercise. And the ones who benefited the most were the ones who were the most at risk. Interesting. And so um, I, I just found, I was like, it's that powerful. Just to visualize. Just to visualize wow. who sure. you want to be, where you're going. Even if, I mean, think about the percentage of their life that five years is at age 20. Mm-hmm. It's like a quarter of their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seems really hard for them to do that. And even if it's not perfect, it's a really great thing to ask your teenager. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that changes. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, that changes. You know, as a speech therapist, whenever we've got something that a, a student's working on, I'm always asking, "What's the end goal?" You've got to visualize what that end goal is. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, and and for, and for all of us sitting here, you know, our end goal is to help our daughters get to heaven. Mm-hmm. That is the end goal. Um, and so, what are we going to do in between? What's that story? It's going to be different for every child. It's not going to be a straight and narrow path for every child. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, 
you know, it, that doesn't define who you are. You can, mm-hmm. you, you make those choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and God can redeem anything. Absolutely. Mm. So good. So good. And being like, have you been, this is not just for girls, but like you said, like when they make bad choices and, um, and they, you know, they disappoint you. Our children all have disappointed us mm-hmm. in the choices they've made. Um, I think it's really cool to have like a family culture that rewards honesty I was talking to Corey Trimble about his church culture. Like, what's your church culture? And he's like, we reward honesty and we punish dishonesty. Like, we want you to get it out in the open. We don't want you to hide. Mm-hmm. And um, have you have you you have anything to say about that? It's not it's not really something we warned you about that we were going to ask. But you're you're headed there, I think, in the way you're talking about who do you want to be, and then and then you know, as as I have, and we all have. We don't, we get sidetracked. We get derailed from who we want to be. Life Mm -hmm. happens or we lose focus um, or we get lazy. And it's just like, it's too hard to try to be that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just cruise along for a while. How do you cultivate um, an environment at home where it's safe to mess up? Well, since I mess up constantly, (laughs) (laughs) there it is. I modeled it very well. Well, when you do mess up, what do you do, Amy? Oh, I definitely let them know. Yeah. They know. They know that I have. They usually call me out on it, or Mm -hmm. I will say, I didn't handle that very well. I'm sorry, this. I mean, we're... It goes a long way to clear the air, doesn't it? it? it It's very empowering. It very much does. Um, I don't always do it, but I'd say most most times I Mm -hmm. do. But the girls, you know, when your girls, when your kids get old enough, just when you say your kids call you on the carpet, might have no problem pointing it out. And that hurts. Sometimes it stings really hard, yeah. actually. Um, but in the end, I'm thankful for it because I, I think it says something about our relationship that mm-hmm. they feel like they can say something out loud mm-hmm. um, to me. I will have to say, having girls, especially my three, who I think have been fairly, very easy, um, man, I, mean, I just think we're very open and very honest with mm-hmm. one another, um, sometimes to a fault. Um, but I would much rather it be that way than, than not. Um, so I feel like my girls have been pretty transparent with so you, me. So, so I'm thankful for that. Is it kind of like the idea, so when we were doing the sex talk, you know, yep. at a certain age, my goal was to, like, not be flappable. Yeah. Like, I wanted them to come to me yeah. and ask me the questions and don't act like it's weird. Absolutely. So, like, and a part of that is, like, um, when they mess up, yeah, like yeah there's a consequence but the first reaction for me was like I'm so glad you felt like you could tell me that yeah I'm so glad that you like you could trust me with that and yeah now now we're gonna have to adjust some boundaries in your life but um it's gonna be better on the other side yeah and it's easier to start that when they're younger absolutely than trying to start that when they're older oh that's a good thought Mm -hmm. um so and, and I think you know, none of us, whenever we've done something wrong, the guilt that we carry is heavy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our kids, when they can see, okay, I've done something wrong. Mom and dad have found out about it. Um, they confront me about it. I tell the truth. Um, there's still a consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they still love and accept me mm-hmm. is huge. And huge. that speaks volumes. because No shaming. No, no. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. And and no constantly bringing it back up, which I am so yeah, very a, guilty of. Yeah. 
Um, if I could go back and change one thing about mothering, I think that would be one of the biggest things mm-hmm. I change is mm-hmm. not to just keep harping on my kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I can trust you because remember what happened the last time. <laughs> oh, Lori. <laughs> oh, I know. It's I'm like, right there with yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. And it's like one time one of my daughters looked at me and goes, how long is it going to take before you trust me again? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and I yeah. keep thinking, you know, gosh, I'm yeah. so glad that I don't have a God that doesn't say that to me all the Amen. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Oi. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> hard one. That's good, though. Hard. That's, a good, yeah. that's some good things to say. And just to, yeah, yeah, as they get older, okay, sometimes it's going to be in a, from a place of snarkiness when they call us out. But honestly, truly, when you can, I mean, isn't that what the best relationships do? For sure. Absolutely. It's like encourage you to be, mm-hmm. you know, your most excellent self, your best version of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the safest place. I was just about to say, it's the safest place to fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This, y'all, okay, we, I think we're we got to stop, but this has been so good. <laughs> There's we so many other all topics. Day long. We, yeah. Okay, we did not know y'all were like, such good friends. So it has been such but a our treat. Our family was so intertwined. It, we did it. Like, and that was a fluke. It was yeah. a fluke. It but, was yeah. A, yeah, I mean, it was a God thing, I'm yeah. assuming, because You're we... Like sisters from another mystery. Yes, we, we were in awe when you walked in here, and we're like, telling us all this. Like you were kind of backing into the corner. Yeah, yeah. We I was like, we're not even going to get started. They're talking so much <laughs> so over funny. here. So it's, it's just beautiful to see your, right. like, your lives and the way you've intertwined them. And um, yeah, moms find like-minded people. And it, do is this. A, it is. Do I think this. that has been the key, honestly. Um, I don't ever feel like when I'm telling Lori something, um, you know, either I'm struggling with or, you know, she have an idea about... I feel like whatever she gives back to me and vice versa, me to her, in the end, that common ground is when you said that we want our, our girls to go to heaven and be godly women and all the things. That's that's our ultimate goal together. And, I mean, I, we have other friends that have the same thing. Mm-hmm. We've sure. a little bit mm-hmm. tighter circle that we're good friends with, and everyone is the same. So if I speak and say something like, you know, either a scripture or here's something I'm doing with my girls or whatever, instead of them going, I can't believe she's doing that, instead it's like, that was good. I mean, it's a support mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, and I'm assuming you speak into each other's lives. Um, often. So, like, your, your children's lives. So, Lori could talk to your girls. Yes. And she has. <laughs> and she, no, she certainly has. Yeah. And it's been a beautiful thing. And I have. I have. Uh, your two youngers I'm probably not as close to. Right. But yeah, I do feel like I, I do feel like our connection is still there. It's yes. just a different. My girls yeah. are, my two youngers are at school with Lori. Yeah. Lori's at the same school. So, yeah. I mean, she speaks to them a lot. Uh-huh. And that's been, that's been a beautiful blessing. Isn't it such end. a blessing to have somebody else you know you can trust? Like 100%. I pray that all the time. If yeah. I can't meet one of my kids' needs, God. Put somebody in their mm-hmm. path that mm-hmm. And he's been continually faithful. I would say for me or my children on that. And yeah. He said the same. Oh. Sure. Yeah. So good. Thank so you guys good. for Thank coming. Thank you so much. This was amazing. <laughs> this Are you tired? Have you worn you out? I'm just absorbing Where's all this water? stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, so if you want, we're going to have a blog post that goes along with this, hopefully with mm-hmm. some of these gems in there, if you want mm-hmm. to look it up, then our website is justaskyourmom.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast, all that great social media we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening, please rate and leave a review. That's how we get up in the ratings, and that would be greatly appreciated. If you have questions or topics for us to discuss, please email us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we have gotten some really good ones that are coming down the road Mm -hmm. soon. And we want to say thanks to our production manager, Cheyenne Avila, our tech and social media administrator, Savannah Cunningham, and our graphic designer, Emma Goodwin. 
So we'll see you next time on Just Ask Your Mom. Mom.